Welcome to the UK Made Easy podcast, where we help aspiring international medical graduates like yourself achieve their dreams of passing their PLAP2 and practicing medicine in the UK. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the UK Made Easy podcast. My name is Seif and in this episode, we're going to talk about another subject when it comes to medical interviewing. So if you've been following this podcast, you'd know by now that I am currently in the process of job hunting as of the time of recording this episode. And uh, part of the things that I try to do preparing myself for um, the anticipated interview when the time comes for it is to try to think about questions and that I would probably be asked in an interview setting and how to formulate my answers. And um, the reason that I wanted to make this part of the podcast is that I want to document my efforts in the hope that it might bring some value to people who are in my position and are still job hunting. For this episode, um, I kind of wanted to make it about a certain question that I spent so much time like digging into and trying to find more information about it. And the reason for such is that it's an ethical question. It's a question about ethical implications. And um, being the ethics guy with the UKME team, so it's kind of very interesting for me. And I wanted my answer to be kind of a bit deeper than the usual answer that I would expect a plap to um, uh, someone who's just um, clear their plap to candidate would be able to kind of deliver. So the scenario goes like this, right? Um, you are a surgeon and you are seeing a lady with a BMI of 45, which puts her in the category of morbid obesity. And um, you have to decide if you offer her bariatric surgery, which is weight loss surgery, and um, to discuss with your interviewer the ethical implications of such case. And that's very interesting for me because based on the knowledge that we managed to gather throughout our PLAP2 preparation, what I know is that bariatric surgery in general is not routinely offered through the NHS and for various reasons, but basically because of the cost element, right? And as much as straightforward that answer would be, but I don't think that it kind of helps you or helps me uh, bring out some my, some of my personality into the question, letting the interviewer knowing what type of person, what type of doctor they're actually talking to. And that's why I've done some digging. And um, in this episode, we're going to discuss um, four principles, four ethical uh, principles on which decisions are made within the NHS. So it, it makes perfect sense that anyone who's applying right for jobs in the UK in the hope that they would be employed for the NHS would be aware of those four principles and would be able to deliver uh, some kind of argument, right? based on those principles. So when it comes to ethics, the four principles are like this. First principle is beneficence, and beneficence basically means doing good. So we as doctors are expected and we should look after our patients, making sure that we are making their life a little bit better, whether whether we're treating their conditions, we're doing some surgeries that will help them um, uh, lead a, a more able life, for example. So this all falls into the category of or the principle of beneficence. Now, the second principle is called non-maleficence. And in short, what it means is that causing no harm. And 
just to elaborate a little bit about the non-maleficence factor or the non-maleficence principle, we need to think about all the side effects for the medications that we might prescribe for our patients, right? Or the complications that might happen uh, because they're doing one procedure or another. And this has to be taken into consideration too, right? And then comes the third principle, which is rather interesting because it's called justice. And Justice, what it means in that sense is the ability, right, or uh, the judgment to allocate treatment fairly. So as you already know, the NHS, most of its services are offered completely free of charge, whether we're talking about consultations, procedures, surgeries, what have you, right? So it comes with no surprise that there has to be some thoughts, right, and some principles put into allocating the resources, right? So so the NHS, just as much as any huge organization, has finite resources in comparison to the number of people that it serves. And thus much thought has to be put into how we're gonna um, how we're gonna uh, allocate the resources, allocate the money. And when we talk about this, we're not just talking about the cost of medication or the cost of surgeries, but other things to be considered is the hospital stay expenses, for example, right? The nursing staff that has to attend to the patients while they are being at the hospital. These are some of the things that you should be thinking about as well. And then comes the fourth principle, which is again rather a very important one, is autonomy. And autonomy means uh, the right of the patients to decide what they're going to do with their life, whether to accept your recommendation, whether to deny it, as long as they have full mental capacity. So these are the four principles upon which ethical decisions are being made. Beneficence, doing good. Non-maleficence, avoiding um, doing harm, right? justice, which is allocation of the resources, and the last thing is autonomy, which is the right of the patient to decide. And what I hope to achieve with understanding those four principles is that I would be able to deliver a little bit more depth into my answer, and I definitely wish the same for you. So, Part of the argument that you can make when discussing that sort of situation, right, is going through um, the four principles and applying them to the situation at hand. So again, we're talking about bariatric surgery for a lady with a BMI of 45, and uh, we need to, to kind of apply those four principles and then come up with a decision, right? When we talk about beneficence, we need to think about, is the bariatric surgery going to deliver any good for the patient? And yes, it's a resounding yes to that, because if she manages to lose weight because of the surgery, then her ability to do her activities of daily life is going to be much more easier, and then we can help her avoid some sort of complications that could happen due to obesity, um, like strokes, for example, diabetes, another thing to think about, right? And then you might want to expand more on this. I'm just giving you examples, right? And then we move on to the non-maleficence. How would that be applicable, right? So you think about what sort of um, complications that might happen. And when it comes to surgery, it's almost guaranteed that there is a, a, a certain element of risk, no matter what kind of surgery um, we're talking about. So if you remember from your plateau preparation, part of the things that we are supposed to do before carrying out any surgery is getting the patient's consent, right? And that consent entails discussing possible complications 
due to the surgery. So this is another thing to think about. Is the surgery, can, can the surgery make any harm for our patient? And the answer for that is, is a yes, because again, you can never anticipate if the patient is going to um, have some sort of a complication, the least of which would be infection at the site of surgery. This is again something to consider. And then there's the justice. Now, thinking about the justice part, right? So you think about how much is that operation or is that procedure going to cost, right? And then you add in the hospital stay, for example, other expenses that should be considered as well as the nursing stuff. And we've already mentioned that. In addition to that, what type of surgery are we talking about? So if we're talking about bypass surgery, for example, there might be other expenses in terms of medications and vitamins that they need to stay on for life. So these are some of the things that uh, that, that comes into play. And then you need to think about what else can you do with the same amount of money? So just to um, give you a perspective about this, with the same amount of money, maybe you can deliver smoking cessation sessions. And those smoking cessation sessions it's not are not going to be for one person. It probably would be for 50, 60, 100 patients. And those with, this, with that same amount of money, you can improve uh, 50 people's life. And this is where the complexity of the ethical decisions comes to come to play. Because again, you need to weigh the benefit risk factor and find out what's best for the patient and what's best for the NHS in terms of its ability to deliver the care for as many people as possible. And then the fourth uh, principle sort of comes into play, which is the autonomy. So you need to consider if the patient has full mental capacity and to make the decisions that she wants to make. So these are in general, like the four principles, which you should kind of base all your answers when it comes to ethical questions in medical interviews on those uh, principles. And it's it really is nice that you can like provide a personal answer based on your reading, based on your understanding of how those um, decisions are made. I don't think that the um, that um, the ultimate target for you is to give a yes or a no answer as much as to elaborate more on how you think about that sort of situation and how are you going to go about it. Now, um, I, I'd have to add to that is that... Um, I'd have to add to that that you need, by the end of the day, you need to sit the patient down, right? Talk to them because communication is key here. And you'd probably need to talk, talk about the pros and the cons of such operation. Put them in the picture. Now, again, you can use those principles. My, my hope for this episode is not to give you an answer that you are going to say, but basically to open up your mind about things that you could consider when it comes to structuring your answers uh, about um, ethical issues. Uh, thank you very much for uh, tuning in and uh, I look forward to seeing you in a future episode.